Hey everybody, Dr. Ryan Molly here, and uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. We don't have a new episode of Hey Sawbones this week. Um, I know I kind of teased you guys, told you we'd be having Jordan Fee, and trust me, he's coming. I just wanted to make you guys wait a little bit longer. But um, thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. Um, we have successfully recorded and launched 20 episodes of Hey Sawbones, My Story, My Passion, and I really want to kind of go backwards and look at um, a little highlight reel from each of those episodes, maybe three to five minutes, uh, some of the, the funny moments, some of the real personal moments, and uh, just kind of give tribute to all of the, the great guests that I've had over the past six months or so of me recording this. And uh, again, it's been the most fun project I've done in probably 15 years and um, just want to give a little shout out to all those, those 20 individuals that were gracious enough to come on the, the podcast and share their stories and uh, just interact with me. So uh, trust me, we're coming back with the uh, regularly scheduled uh, individual guests with uh, Jordan Fee. I've got another great guest that uh, people from the Meadville area, I think, are definitely going to know and be excited about. I'm going to leave it at that because I want to keep you guys hanging a little bit. But uh, stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Um, and as always, if you have any suggestions, any comments, please share those with us. If you have any guests that you'd love to see, share those with us. And then we've got some other cool things coming, uh, towards the end of this month as we approach Christmas. So have a great day, happy holidays and an early Merry Christmas to each of you. Yeah, so I guess the, the next portion of this is where we do kind of a beverage break. And um, unfortunately, I think our, our version last night was a lot more exciting than this morning. Our, our beverage break is consisting of coffee, but um, <laughs> I think we should at least share our story of, of last night. So um, each time I have a guest on, I like to surprise them um, with, uh, with a beverage. And usually I'll ask somebody, hey, what, what's your favorite drink or, or this or that, whether it's alcoholic non-alcoholic it doesn't really matter um uh, but i'm not giving you the choice or i didn't give you the choice last night i kind of wanted to surprise you and not even tell you about that part of the show 
Um, so I surprised you with a big 25 ouncer Bush Heavy, <laughs> not, not even Bush Light, uh, Bush Heavy can. And I asked you, hey, does this remind you of any stories? So if you don't mind, just kind of bringing us through exactly what what brought that, what memory came to mind when I, I brought that can out. Yeah. So um, Bush is a funny <laughs> beer. Like I, I, I don't drink Bush very often, uh, but growing up, you know, I think that um, not growing up, I guess when we were like of age, um, <laughs> the uh, um, I think Bush is a very popular beer in Northwest Pennsylvania. It is a beer that sort of signifies, you know, like hard work in and in uh, the working class. And, you know, the um, so we have a story we were like, we this was accidental. We were we were getting ready to go um, to uh, help Ryan's dad. You might want to set the stage with your dad. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for those of you that know me, um, grew up on a small beef farm, hobby farm, where we had at the most maybe 20 head of cattle. And so we would always have to, you know, do hay in the summertime, which there, there brings up some good stories with you and I. <laughs> and uh, we had to go get the feed. So we had to go to the feed mill and we were going down to Cochranton. And, uh, you know, my dad is the the modern day was it tom sawyer or huck finn that always like got people to do stuff for him? i think it was tom sawyer yeah yeah so he, he's kind of like the, the modern tom sawyer um or, or as we affectionately termed him um general g uh for for uh gerald my dad and because he's a super hard worker uh but he's also like the master delegator <laughs> and uh he would always rope my friend he'd be like hey you know you want to see if jared wants to come over and like oh yeah that'd be fun and then by the time Jared gets over there, he has a list of things that we are going to do uh, as as his uh, his slave driver mentality. So yeah, take over from there. No, he General G definitely had like a, a mentality of like if you're there, you're basically one of the kids. So they had no problem like assigning you work as if you were his own kid, which is totally fine. I loved it. Um, well, I might mean, not have loved it while we were doing it, but you definitely um, didn't love yeah, it while we were so, doing it. right. So the uh, but anyway, we would do a lot of fun. stuff fun stuff um so we had to go get feed for the cows which in feed comes in really heavy bags i mean maybe 75 pounds like, yeah you know something like that like the, and so we were getting ready to go down to cochran and we stopped at my house and the this was i think like the summer between some of the college years i forget but we were we were of age um and we uh i found like this case of bush that we had and i don't even think it was cold it definitely was not cold <laughs> we i don't like, think you drink bush cold i mean last night was a treat yeah, it was pretty cold. I don't know. I would have preferred anything cold, I guess. But the, <laughs> um, so anyway, we we decided we we're gonna go get some feet, so we needed some 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 beer muscles. So we had a couple bushes, not a lot, but enough to like just give you like it's sort of like you know like Red Bull gives you wings, like like Bush gives you like you know like strength. You know, I think there's like part creatine in it. Um, so we uh, had a couple bushes, went down to the feed mill, and uh, loaded up the truck like with no problem. Like it was, it seemed just seemed like way easier than normal. Um, yeah. And I, and I have to add, like, I think it affected you more than me. Like if I threw one bag in, Jared was throwing four, he was just a machine. He just kept going and going. And, and so we were just like, man, it's gotta be the bush. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So ever since then, it sort of had like an affinity for it, but I, I don't drink it much, but like the, uh, um, when I do, I do think it's of that a story. nostalgic, right? Yeah. Right. How yeah. about the flip side though? How about the positive? So this might, I think it's, in two parts in general, I mean, I think when patients are happy with surgical outcomes, when they come in ecstatic, when they tell their friends about it, you know, when someone, even, you know, an 85, nine-year-old lady comes in and you did something for her that she's had issues for ever. No one told her she could ever have something done and she did it and she's 
crying in your office or ecstatic or bakes you a cake or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, that's cool. You know, patient happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. And also one of the, I actually enjoy, like some people are like, well, I don't tr- clip, clip toenails or I don't do that or whatever. I do everything. I mean, I do some of the more complex foot and ankle surgeries that you can do. And I clip toenails. And I mean, when I'm clipping toenails, I get to know the patients and I talk to them and, you know, I take two to three minutes and, you know, it's a little bit of time, but you know, I'm doing something so mundane and so simple to do, but it makes them, people leave there happy and it's instant gratification. If I go get some clippers, will you clip mine right now? I'll my, do it. my hips are getting I'll bad. I'll do it. And, if and you we need could it do a, done. a podcast, <laughs> well, let's do right? It. I'm in. So but, uh, you I get, just trimmed you them the other day. But to people. You know, yeah, like it's like, I, I hear like rather than you're just examining, you know, whatever it may be and you're this, that, and I'm talking to my scribe or whatever, it, it it's such a simple task that I don't have to worry about what I'm doing. Yeah. And I get to learn about their kids or their family or whatever. So I, I enjoy that too. Awesome. We had some great wins in there, but uh, what was funny uh, is during that, going into that year, if, I would have fortunate enough to win 30 games, I'd have 500, be 500 victories. So we lose two games uh, in December, one to McDowell, lost a, we had a three pointer to tie it. We missed it. Was, was Pete coaching Pete there? Pete Glenn then? was okay. coaching, yeah. They beat us by three. And then uh, we lost to Erie. It was back then, it was Erie Central. We lost to, Thank you. I will yeah. have another sip of that. The fact that you remember the details of these games yeah. just blows my mind. <laughs> we lost Erie Central by one point. Oh, wow. And uh, that was our two losses. So now I remember driving, I'm driving Nick and Sean Grill down to the, because the girls live next door to us. So I'm driving uh, Sean and Nick down, and Sean goes, Coach, what do we need? So, what do we need for what? Says for you to get 500 wins. I said, uh, well, Sean, we got to run the table. We got to win every one of our last regular season games, and we got to win eight playoff games. I still remember Sean Grill saying, no problem, coach. We can do that. So we we won out, you know, and then we started the playoffs and uh, <clears throat> won the district, beat General McLean for the second time that year, and then uh, we won some. Great playoff games. We finally beat uh, the legendary coach John Miller in Blackhawks. Who who was that? Fustier. That hurdle, right? Fustier, that, yeah. That that I mean, some of your other really we, good Franklin teams. Yeah, we had played them uh, four times in the previous six years in the playoffs, and heartbreaking games. I mean, I've been. I went to a couple of those. Yeah, the one the one was sixty nine, sixty eight. Uh, put a Archie on the line with a few seconds left. A little touch foul. I'm still not sure. <laughs> but uh, let's get the footage up for that, yeah, Jay. Let's let's have the the our subscribers and yeah. our our viewers but, determine. Uh, then Archie hit the foul shot to put him up one, and we missed a shot at the buzzer to win it. <sighs> and we had a bad turnover early that would have won the game for us. But uh, but you know those things happen. <laughs> and then the next year. We lose to Blackhawk in double overtime, Western Finals. They they won state championships back to back years, and the one was was sad was uh, 
Ryan Anderton took a shot at the end of regulation. Nate Keith is going to lay it up in. This kid from Blackhawk just rails him. No call. No call. The year before, the official comes over. I said, where's the foul? Because you think I'm calling a foul at the end of this game, you're crazy. I said, you did last year when you put Archie on the line. He just turned around and walked away from me. But uh, <clears throat> so anyway, we... Uh, it was the same official? I think it was. Yeah. Because like four years in a row, we had these guys from the Whippeal. Wow. And so now we're playing them that year. We win it. And uh, I can still yeah. see... Oh, oh, you were playing Blackhawk? We're playing Blackhawk. Was it the uh, Western? Semi, Western semis. Okay. And uh, we're playing Blackhawk, and uh, in walks three officials, and John Miller's going like, who are these guys, you know? And uh, here I found out later they were District 9 officials. They were neutral officials. Fair. So I thought they <laughs> called a fair game, and we won. But this is funny. There's a book out now called Miller Time, John Miller's book called Miller Time. It is a great book. I read the doggone thing. I said, this is good. So I called John up. And because uh, I'd known him, Natalie played AAU ball for him one summer. Yeah. And I've known him, you know, played against him and stuff. So I called John up and I said, John, I just, I said, is this a legendary John Miller? I said, I just got your book called Miller Time. He goes, yeah. I said, I just wanted to tell you what a great book it is. He goes, who is this? I said, it's Bill Hager. He goes, oh, Bill, how you doing? <laughs> I said, good. And then he goes, do you remember that last game when you beat us? I said, yeah, vaguely, I remember. <laughs> he said, do you know how bad those officials were? <laughs> Did you bring it up, the other stuff? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. I said, oh, I don't, John, I forgot it so long ago. I forgot it was 20-some <laughs> years ago, which I haven't forgotten at all. But uh, he says, they called a bad technical on us. They should have never called. I said, hey, what are you going to do? He said, you were better than us. You'd have probably beat us, but, you know. So I just laughed. But Hillary played Blackhawk three years in a row, her sophomore, junior, senior year their senior year in the Western Finals and District 7 officials on every game. Oh. They lost and oh, Hillary made a drop-step power move. I thought they were going to call a foul on Blackhawk. They called an offensive charge on her, took the bucket away, would have put would have put Franklin up by one late in the game. And, wow. uh, but what cracked me up is they were the Blackhawk team was going to the state championship and one of the officials jumped in and took a picture with them. I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. As he was but, getting the payment and the envelope. Yeah, and, I don't know. But but anyway. But did you get your 500th win with the state championship? Yeah. When we won that game, which we never talked about it, I didn't bring it up to the kids at all. You know, I didn't want them, the state that championship correction. game was your 500th was victory. 500th victory. Yeah. How sweet is that? Yeah. And what was the neatest thing about it was my dad was in the stands with some high school buddies of mine. Uh -huh. and, my, and Nathan was in the stands. And Nick was on the team. And uh, so. We, they give out the medals, and somebody told the announcer that it was my 500th victory. So the announcer goes, how sweet it is in Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> this is Coach Bill Hager's 500th victory. I don't know, man. I, I, I just I love how in the country everybody knows your neighbors. You take care of each other. Yeah. No, I would say the same thing. And I think it, and this isn't a slam to any people that grew up in the city. I mean, my God, my wife grew up in Metro Detroit, um, much bigger than Erie, but um, there's a different mentality too, in terms of like work ethic too. Like I grew up on a farm, right? So we were, we were cutting our own wood. Uh, we were doing hay for the cows in the summer. 
You know my dad, General G. We were mowing oh, the yeah. lawn three times a week. Three times, if not four. <laughs> Gerald was tough if, on the grass. If there, if there was a blade out of place, it was like, all right, get out there yeah. and take care of it. He was an old man way before he was an old man. For when sure. When grass. <laughs> I was a middle child, only girl. The so. rose between the thorns, right? <laughs> so yes, I did get a lot of special treatment, especially my dad. Uh, I had a great... A relationship with him like he would buy me snacks behind my brother's back he would hide them and then give it to me later sounds like favoritism <laughs> yes it, well it was slightly yes um oh i miss him but um at the time like being from a small town my parents I and mean, they they were educated so they wanted a better school for us um so in India, like th- three hours drive from where I lived, um, we had this nice elite boarding school where you need an entrance to get in. It, it was, and it's, um, that's what my parents decided. Uh, my brother, my older brother and I, um, we, well, we did the entrance. The entrance had um, a written exam, a physical exam, and an interview. And they were four weeks apart from each other. So it took three months. Wow. So the preparation, I still remember preparing to get into that boarding school. And, uh, well, interview, when I reached the, the interview stage, the principal at the time asked me, one of the questions was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wanted to be a pilot at the time. So <laughs> it's pilot was always, I think it was just the, um, the heroics you saw with it. Yeah. And just it, it just seemed great. And, Were you and thinking I still, like commercial airline pilot or... N- no, I wanted to be. I wanted to go to Air Force, Indian oh, Air wow. Force. Yeah. So, um, so the, uh, just starting like childhood. Yes, I had different goals, and I've, so my um, I was eight and a half, eight to nine years old when I was when I started my um, journey at boarding school. That was fourth grade for me, um, and this this was a sports school. So the focus was, um, I would say, sixty percent sports, forty percent academics. Oh wow. So our mornings started pretty much waking up at five with the whistle in your ears. It was, yes, old school, like whistle, <laughs> loud screeching whistle. Um, and then so before we started school, we had an hour and a half of sports. So for me, we had to pick a game, like a sport. So I, for me, it was swimming. Um, followed by school. Then again, we had like homework, everything till four. After that, again, sports. So and you were only allowed to pick one sport. So we pretty much did three and a half hours. Oh, wow. Out of that one hour, you could count as, you know, some conditioning, running, exercise. Sure. But at least two hours of one sport a day. Wow. So. um, How many kids were in a class? uh, So this was, we had like one, uh, like fourth class had three sections to it. And each section had about 26 kids. Okay. So I would say about 75 to 80 kids. For your grade. For one grade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, but very like that, I, I feel like those are some of my best years looking back. Although the first three months I hated my parents. <laughs> it's like, why did they send me here? Yeah. Just homesick. Um, Were you there from fourth and until 10th until grade? Okay. Yeah. So um, again, that's the time I felt I developed this. Um, I mean, I didn't like sports at the time, but I think that just developed my habits. Mm-hmm. Waking up, like made me a morning person, um, basically. Thought you um, discipline. 
Exactly. Yeah. So that, that, that's, you know, in the, now, even now it's does not need a motivation for me. It's just a habit. Yeah. I don't feel motivated every day, but if I don't do it, then it's just doesn't feel right. Um, so my older brother was there with me. He was just a year ahead. Um, after like 10th grade, 11th and 12th, I moved closer um, to be with my parents. So unfortunately, like sports does not have a good future in India, as opposed to if I did the same level of sports here, I feel I would have done like well. Yeah. Know? Because in India, I made it to nationals. So I represented my state. Now, if I did sports at that level here, I feel I would have gotten more out of it or more opportunities sure. to play later in college. Yeah. Um, but after 10th grade, it just abruptly stopped wow. because then, you know, um, especially in the culture I grew up in, it's, um, it's very important to have a degree like a doctor or an engineer or something mm -hmm. on that level. So my parents were, um, okay, after 12th grade, you have to do this common entrance test. That's what you do for med school. So you can go to med school right after high school. Okay. You don't need the There's three years no. of college. No. Now, how long is your medical school training? So medical school would be five and a half years, including one year of internship. Okay. So after the four and a half years of med school, you pick uh, the inter internship. You are required to do part of it in the rural India to get that exposure. And then the specialties of your liking, okay. basically. Um, so 11th and 12th were the years where I felt uh, really suddenly stopping sports. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I felt looking back, I wish I wouldn't have done that because suddenly those two years I put on 20 to 20 pounds, almost more than that, mm -hmm. maybe <laughs> because it was all about studying and just sure. academics completely. Um, so uh, started medical school. And I, I, I didn't feel good. So at Sintura, I picked up again my, um, like, thankfully there was a gym nearby. I started going again. So, it, so Were you I'm, swimming I'm just, again or just? No, unfortunately there was no access to the pool. Okay. Um, so I, but I just got into other activities like running more so. Okay. And uh, resistance training, weightlifting. Um, so after med school, I did about... Two years of work, maybe one to two years, again, in rural India. I was still deciding what I wanted to do. Uh, because the postgraduate there, which is similar to residency here, mm -hmm. it's, believe it or not, is much harder. There are about 30,000 postgraduate seats in whole India. And there are more than 2 million kids applying for that. Oh, my goodness. So kind of going in line with that, like, yep. I, I know... You, 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 how how many times you've kind of gone out of your way to take care of one of my patients personally? Yeah. Um, to keep it light, and this can you can veto this if you if you don't want to. We're we're obviously not mentioning any names, but like, sure. can you just let's keep it fun? Can you give me one of the most uncomfortable situations you've ever had <laughs> while working <laughs> with orthopedic solutions? Yeah. And doesn't have to be one of my patients, but just. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, for the kiddos at home, 
uh, put your earmuffs on because <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, we try to keep it fairly PG. We here. do, but listen, there may or may not have been a ball sack that was exposed. Uh, I oh, think purposely. Geez. Okay, no. So I was fitting a patient. Oh my goodness! I, you you're asked. going there? You asked. Okay, so here's you asked, and here's what happened. I did. I may veto my own question. That now. is what it is. So we yeah. call it a scrotum. So listen, scrotum, ball sack, whatever. It's like, oh gosh. And this is, I mean, happened. Not to me. Where's the edit button? Several times, like over the years, but I have experienced it as well. And I can't tell sometimes if it's either purposeful or anesthesia or I don't know. I don't ask, obviously, but where a patient will have like a gown on and they're like needs their range of motion specifically like after an ACL or like after like an injury or, you know, uh, you know, like a tibial uh, plateau fracture, something like that, right? And you, know, you get this call and you're going to get him a CPM potentially for, you know, rehab after and you're going to put him in this brace and just kind of like, why is that guy maybe showing me his scrotum? It's so <laughs> awkward. And it's like, no, there's no way. And you kind of just pull the gown down and you like look back and it's like, it's back up. And you're like, no, that was definitely on purpose. And there really is nothing else to say because they're kind of awkwardly looking at you. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have you sign here. And I, hope I, don't, I don't think I'm ever going to ask that question again to any of my guests. You asked what was the most awkward. And that was, that's the most awkward. And I'm willing to bet if I called any one of our guys now and said, have you or have you not seen the male reproductive organ, uh, one or the other, in a fitting at a hospital? They probably would all say yes. So, Yeah, my head's spinning right now. Sorry. Um, Sawbone shoe stretch. Yeah. I, I ask all my guests to kind of bring or wear some of their favorite shoes or a, a pair of shoes that has like meaning or a story to them. So what are you wearing here? Yeah. So these are uh, some hiking shoes. So I wore these. Uh, we hiked Mount Algonquin uh, last week and Mount Cascade. And, um, you know, I've had a variety of different hobbies over the years. I've been a scuba diver. I raced motorcycles, um, uh, shooting guns. Uh, I've just picked up golf. Um, and you know, uh, truth be told, I was not in a good spot in, uh, 2014, 2015. Um, you know, I think Carol and I weren't getting along real well. We're sending kids off to college. Um, we're hemorrhaging cash. We have two girls at Villa, a son of Virginia tech. Um, and I just was just not a real happy guy. Um, and, uh, um, I, uh, had heard about hiking on the Appalachian Trail. And in September of 2015, I started um, at the Delaware Water Gap. That's the New Jersey-Pennsylvania border. And I just assumed that in six days, I was going to hike from there to Harrisburg. Uh, I assumed that everybody hiked 25 to 30 miles a day. Were those like my miles or right, your miles? My miles. <laughs> and um, so I set off and um, uh, had a ridiculously heavy backpack, uh, two flashlights, a taser, um, completely unprepared and, and literally, um, uh, was humbled to the point of, of tears on that trip. Uh, you know, my feet were split open. Uh, I ran out of water at one point in time. I'm siphoning water out of a mud puddle. Um, I very much relied on the, the kindness and generosity of, um, of strangers, uh, just a very humbling trip. 
uh, didn't make it anywhere near Harrisburg. Um, it just uh, basically was a, it was a very difficult, hard um, hike, but was filled with uh, memories, was filled with kindness from other people. Were you alone? I was. Wow. And, um, it, it, you know, truth be told, it was a time where my marriage wasn't, wasn't great. I, I, it just wasn't for a variety of reasons. And um, coming home, um, I live on Lord Road in Fairview. My wife stopped the car in the middle of the road, demanded that I get out of the car, and uh, embraced me in this uh, you know, very tender, very loving embrace in the middle of Lord Road. And if you know my wife, who is a fantastic woman, she's a very private woman and is not into public display of affection. Um, and that was a turning point in our marriage. And just to come home and to be able to have water without effort and food and a clean bed. And, and um, it, it sort of really uh, saved my life. It sort of recentered me in terms wow. of uh, realizing how blessed I was, that I needed to be a bit more grateful for my wife, my children, my home, water, food, health, things that I was taking for granted. And so I sort of fell in love with the Appalachian Trail, fell in love with the beauty and the challenge of hiking and in terms of like even that hike that you and I did on Laurel Highlands, how it was only three days, but it, it really was difficult. I mean, we were all really, really tired. I mean, I remember that lunch that we had afterwards. And so hiking for me is sort of a purification process. It's mentally, spiritually, physically sort of a purification process. You know, just being up in the Adirondacks last week and hiking Mount Algonquin, um, you know, realizing, look, I'm vulnerable. Uh, it's cold. It's windy. There's boulders all over. There's moose. There's bear. Um, you know, so for me, these long, arduous hikes, I find them to be very recentering. So I'm wearing my uh, hiking shoes in honor of what hiking has done for me. And I think it is, uh, you know, I don't want to be melodramatic, but I believe it has, you know, saved my marriage, um, has kind of sort of just made me sort of, uh, you know, uh, grateful to God, grateful for the blessings I have. And, and I think that those hardships for me that I experience when I'm hiking, um, you know, really have been good. So I've done now nine uh, different hikes in the Appalachian Trail and have explored other trails like the Pacific Coast Trail, um, the Adirondacks. I'm going to be doing some of that. And I plan on returning. We were in uh, Letchworth State Park. And so I'm just going to continue that. I just find that that's uh, good for me to um, sleep on the ground, um, filter water, um, struggle a little bit. Um, I know that I hope that makes sense to people, but it, to me, it's, it's been, it's been good for me. You know, here I am driving my BMW over here and I've met you and I are, you know, a Cockwood club and, you know, all these wonderful things at our fingertips. But I think you and I both realize that that can be taken away in an instant. And, um, we realize that we have to work for it and we should, we need to be grateful as I think you are and I am. And so these uh, hiking shoes sort of remind me of, you know, where I've been and, um, you know, how grateful I am for my wife, my home, my health, my career. Um, you know, again, simple things like water and, and food, yeah. uh, things that, you know, people in our country, quite frankly, struggle for. And I, you know, I am very grateful. So the hiking shoes are sort of the starting point of the whole thing. Um, all the kids started riding dirt bikes and four wheelers. So we've oh been doing that. Super, super cool. Um, nobody's crashed yet except for me. 
So you're riding them too? Well, I had to once. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Don't get hurt. Got a lot Don't of people. wear Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Is that what? Yeah. So I, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, well, tell it. I mean. So uh, we were riding bikes with the kids and um, the littlest guy, he's five now. He got a new dirt bike, like this badass dirt bike for his birthday. Well, his dirt bike doesn't have training wheels and he doesn't know that you have to like stay on the gas. He thinks that you have to rev it up because he likes the noise it makes when yeah. he likes to ride. Um, so Mike rides out on this dirt bike and he's like, here, and he hands it to me and I'm like, what do you want me to do with that? And he's like, well, we'll just ride around the yard, Brandy, so that he knows that he has to like follow you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I had Crocs on, I'm riding around the yard and I was like, all right, this is fun. Like everything was fine. I didn't die or anything. And then I stopped for a quick second and I parked by these cinder blocks. And when I went to go, I got my croc stuck on the foot peg, and at the same time, when I stood up to try to get it off, I also hit the throttle, oh and my. I just drove up onto the house and got some bruised up skin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and the little guy just looks at me, and he's like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know, but, but that's what not to do. Yeah. You're always teaching, yeah, right? Whether exactly. it's what to do or what not yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. All right. Third final question. Um Again, we've known each other since 2015. Yep. What is your favorite like memory that we've shared oh, together? Boy. Remember, there's kids watching out I there. I know. There's so many. <laughs> Parents, um, patients. Well, did we get in trouble or not? Did we get in trouble? Oh, my goodness. A funny memory. Oh, she's taking a drink. This must be an, an interesting one. Oh, it's going to be about a patient. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously not going to talk about patient identifying like who it is. Or... Well, there's a lot of memories. So things are always popping up all the time because I was the picture taker of the group. You know, videos. I have plenty of those. If yeah. anybody wants to see Charlie in the box or anything like that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I was just talking. Travis and I were talking on the phone the other day. We were dying laughing. But um, By the way, I came across some of those old videos. We were going through hysterical, um, like my old videos with the boys, and, and it was cool. Sorry to interrupt you, but like just the boys when they were young, like apple bobbing with Tino, and he yeah. kept putting his, and he's like, <gasps> "I need to tell." <laughs> right? But there was the like the claymation thing that I did. Oh my god! I came I across that. that. I was like, "Wow!" When we had the big snowstorm and you get snowed in. Yeah, you're bored. You're like, "What am I going to do?" But keep going with your That's story. So funny. So one of the funniest things. We were just, I was just talking this through, um, is whenever you, so you see a lot of patients in a day, right? Yeah. 50 or whatever. And it's usually like, you don't even have to have any words. You just go do your thing. Um, and I'll never forget one time we couldn't stop laughing. Um, (laughs) so there was a patient in a room, number eight. (laughs) And, um. She remembers the room number. Wow. (laughs) Um, whenever you were doing the exam, you may or may not have pushed the leg just a little bit outside of their comfort zone. And he made an awful sound. And immediately it, it you sounded lost something like shit. this. Ah! <laughs> right? It, <laughs> yeah, this is like that. spot on like that. And immediately you <laughs> Start laughing to the point where you can't stop laughing. So I'm like standing there and I'm laughing. <coughs> not because I like no. Was, it was funny because I heard him. I guess I, I, I don't. Well, I'm you're going to tell him why, what you thought. Yeah. Right? 
So not because you hurt him, because it didn't hurt him. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so then you are sitting there dying laughing. I have no idea what to do, but I'm laughing too. We're both crying. And you act, start acting like you're working on my computer, which you probably didn't even know how to work. So I'm not sure exactly what you were doing. Because I didn't want to face the patient. You had your I back think. to the patient. The poor patient's still <laughs> laying there. I could not help him at the time because I was laughing. And then you finally think that you got your shit together after like five minutes. And I'll never forget, you kicked back to your rolly chair, went against the wall, and you kicked your knee up, and you lost it again, dying laughing. And you looked straight at me, and you said, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? And I was like, me? Like, I'm constantly taking the blame for these things. So it turns out you thought... I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I totally remember that patient. And... There was a scene in a movie, a 1980s movie, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. yeah. And there, there was a scene with a character, Poindexter, um, at one of the parties. And <laughs> we'll, we'll just say, uh, just without getting, getting too graphic, he made that noise, that sound. And that's all I could think about when I heard it because it was literally spot on Yeah, when, when that patient did that. And I couldn't obviously say that while we were in the room together, but like, that I just was envisioning that the whole time. So the so. next time the patient came in, you said, Brandy, I don't think that we should probably go in together. And I said, okay. And you're like, well, just forget it. Just come on. And so we went in there and that patient said, you guys are so professional. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. And we right? were like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. Aren't we funny? <laughs> so yeah. what, when did you guys meet? Like what year? Um, I, I was a fourth year medical student he was a first year pathology resident and so we met there you weren't doing a pathology rotation well i had and that's there's a long circuitous story behind this but yes and um but we were published a paper about malaria together and that's um long and short how um we ended up dating eventually that's a love story right there the malaria marriage yes yeah. Well, so yeah, we had a malaria patient and they're um, actually they were teaming with malaria um, parasite like par- they call it a parasite team that we could actually see on their CBC. It's a scatter plot wow. printout. And so you actually got you could actually see the, the load of the, the did, did this parasite. get published? Yeah. Yeah. So is that like hanging in your house? Somewhere no, with your... it probably should be. Because <laughs> your maiden name would have been on there, right? Maybe we should. That's no, cool yes, my maiden name's on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that was pretty cool. But that was med school, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yep. And then how did yep. you determine that you wanted to go into internal medicine? Yeah, I mean, that was something I actually was on the interview trail for dermatology and had already written a dermatology um, just help book for residents by that time. Um and uh, then at, by that at that point in time, um, we were engaged, I think, to be married. But okay. he was going to stay in Charlottesville. So I had to make a decision. Okay, I want to stay in Charlottesville. The places that I was looking for dermatology were outside of Charlottesville. And basically, um, I asked the program director at UVA if I could stay there and just do internal medicine. And I stopped interviewing for dermatology and... Uh, did an internal medicine residency, which was my second choice anyway. Sure. And I knew already that in practice, you could practice dermatology as a general practitioner. Sure. Yeah. So 
even when I moved to Erie and uh, eventually was in a um, private practice, I brought procedures there. Okay. Um, and so you are always kind of interested in that. Always did it. Always did it. Because I yeah. know where you are now. Yeah. Yeah, which, and you'd think it would be a leap, but it's, yeah. Well, I mean, now that I hear that background with dermatology, it seems yeah. like a very natural transition. Well, it was always some, something that I actually just enjoyed. Um, and even the dermatologic aspect, um, just simply because the diagnostic skills that these people gain from just visual observation, which I, I'm a very visual person. I'm a lot, very much into art, that type of thing. So um, it was a natural segue for me, but... Um, this is a little bit of a different course and I had, you know, really practiced internal medicine for the most part during my time in Erie. And then with, um, you know, about my cancer diagnosis and family members with cancer and things like that, and, uh, full circle, I had to decide, you know, you, you start reevaluating your life and, yeah. and it, it came back to, Hey, what makes me happy? Yeah. And, um, one of them, which might, uh, I think you and I have a lot in common with each other is that, you know, one thing that makes me really happy is not working for someone else. Yeah, autonomy. Autonomy. And so I'm always <laughs> one, folks, looking to you. Autonomy. We've had so much education. When someone tells you how to do something and it's not, you know it's not the right way and you ha are powerless to say something, yeah. um, you have to make a decision. And and I personally, I I'm always watching you from afar and just enjoy seeing your business thrive and you did it all yourself and you're you've kind of broken away from that hospital institution with people telling you what to do now you know as a doctor you know best how to run your OR yeah. and um so I'm anxious to hear a little bit more about you and how that's all set up and how you're able to do that but um I I hope that this starts a new wave of physicians becoming more independent and and um, really regaining that autonomy that we've completely lost um, with the way medicines have become. Kim Misha, right? I mean, we need to collaborate more <laughs> because that is honestly one of my big passions in life, yeah. uh, aside from doing orthopedic surgery and mm -hmm. hosting podcasts. But um, <laughs> my philosophy is, is like, well, we're doing one podcast. Why shouldn't yeah. we start a second? So getting ready, little sneak peek, uh, <laughs> teaser, not telling you the name just yet, but we will be starting kind of like a, a truly medically oriented yep. podcast for other physicians um, that are looking or, or really exploring that autonomy of private practice Excellent. because that pendulum has swung so far to one side, but oh, yeah. just stay tuned. We'll, we'll give you some more That's on that. That's fantastic. Later. And I think there's hope. Well, now that I know you're such a huge basketball fan, my third question actually just changed. So... <laughs> Um, one of my first guests was Bill Spiros. He's a, a attorney at McDonald Dilley Law Firm, one of my very good friends. And his question to me, I'm going to ask it a little bit differently so that it can be a little bit more active and to me a little bit more fair. He asked me, all time five, you're starting five, and I'm going to have my starting five. Okay. We can't repeat players. He got to name his five first. Yeah. And then I got, I won't say the table scraps yeah, because there's a lot of great players, but it became very challenging. So um, as my guest, I'm going to let you go first. We'll go position. So you're, you're, you're point guard and they have to play each other. Like my five plays your yeah. five. Okay. Point guard. Um, can we call Curry a point guard? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. You taking him? I'll take Curry. Yeah. That was my, that was my point guard for, Sorry. no, that's all right. Um, so I have to figure out somebody that I think can match up with him. Because Curry, I mean, obviously, 
he's he's probably my favorite current player yeah. right now. I just I love yeah. I, I'm I'm taller, but I wouldn't be tall in college basketball. Right. I'm six three, but I can't really jump. Wasn't that quick. Yeah. But I could shoot back in the day. Yeah. So that's why I really love like that Golden State Warriors or Splash Brothers. So um let's see who I'm gonna go with. Um you know, I'm I'm gonna go and, and I don't I think he would struggle a little bit defensively on Curry, but I think offensively he would I won't say dominate Curry because Curry's not the best defender. I'm gonna go with Magic for my oh, wow. for my point oh, guard. Yeah. I think tough, he, you could maybe bring him match. down in the post a little bit. That's a tough matchup. And make make Curry have to guard him in the post. That's a really tough matchup. All right, so now what we'll do is like I get the next because I know you. Okay, pick. okay. <laughs> we'll alternate that way. So I'm going Jordan. Okay. With with my my shooting guard, I don't think I have to explain anything. And no, um, I mean, I've had debates about the goat with LeBron, and I, I don't even put him in my conversation. Um, I I think, yeah, quite honestly, Kobe is the closest to Jordan from a competitive standpoint and like yeah. his game. Yeah. Right? He was just dominant. So, who's, can who's I go your, Kobe as? Yeah, Kobe, I think yeah. that'd be a great matchup. Yeah, that would be a great matchup. And I, I, I think that some games Kobe's gonna make Jordan take it on the chin, and we're talking like their primes, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so now you get your your small get, forward. Small forward. Wow, that's a tough one. I'll let you go first. You want me to go first? I'll let you go first. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll give you the last two. Um, I'm going Scotty. I, I, I mean, I just feel like he is such a good uh, defender, yet a great one-two punch with either Jordan or whoever else. He he can score, but like very, I won't say underrated because he he was oftentimes defensive yeah. first team, right? Yeah. But um, I think most people just thought he's Jordan's running mate, but like he was during his prime could have been any other yeah. team's go-to player. Um. Can we say Giannis as a three? I can give you Giannis as a three. Okay. Yeah. We can have some flexibility with this. Okay. That's a I tough. I just like the matchup. I like that matchup too. Yeah. I saw a picture of Giannis um, with his brothers in Greece, like just recently on like a yeah. family vacation. That dude is jacked. Like <laughs> you can always yeah. tell by his arms, but like he, he had like a V shape when he didn't have a shirt on. It was just like his lats were huge and yeah. what a freak athlete. Yeah. I mean, he can get down the floor in like three steps. Yeah. And no one can stop him when he's going to the hole, too. Yeah. All right, I'll give you four. You, you pick your, your power four. forward. Um, can we call um, Dirk Nowinski a four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that because it's going to give me the, some latitude to go with someone that I generally wouldn't say is a four. I think they're three slash four, but I'm going Larry. Oh, wow. Because I like the matchup yeah. of Dirk and Larry. That's a really good matchup, yeah. All right, because they're kind of similar, very similar players. They are, yeah. I mean, they both are, um, I think, extremely smart yeah. basketball players, right? Like their IQ is off the charts. Yep. I, I think Bird is probably one of uh, the, the smartest yeah. players. Like his highlights are just ridiculous to from, watch. From an athleticism standpoint, I remember wondering how does Bird – do it and i remember when when dirk when they won the championship i was like how is he doing I mean, he was he's getting off the floor this I far know. and he was pretty banged up for that you know for the championship yeah and he yeah so i that's a that's a very good this is gonna be a good game i wish we could game. really like simulate this yeah so how about 
I'll give you, you, you pick your, your center. I got to go Shaq. Yeah, I figured that's, that's, I mean, that's a pretty dominant. One of the most dominant. Yeah, that's a tough one for me to even like compete against because you, you, so many great centers, whether yeah. you're going to say Kareem, yeah. uh, Wilt, but like I honestly think Shaq would would push yeah. those guys around because he just had the size and yeah, uh, yeah, was, yeah there was just, yeah. Whew, who am I going to go with? Might as well go with like Luke Longley or something. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. no um, I mean, it's hard to kind of go against, um, you know, Kareem being, I mean, uh, up until LeBron took the all-time scoring position, like yeah. I, I think he he had enough of a game that Shaq he would keep Shaq honest, yeah. right? Like um, he could he could do the sky hook, and and I think that'd be tough for Shaq to defend. You know, you know, one of my one of the memories that uh, hey, know, I remember could... remember Connie Molly's watching this, so. <laughs> <laughs> No, one of the memories that I couldn't I couldn't forget. Uh, hi, Mrs. Molly. Um, <laughs> that I couldn't forget, even if I wanted to. Um, I remember, and this is it, it seems you know small now, right? But um, I re- it was that uh, it was that year I was I was a freshman, and you were a sophomore, and we were we were playing at Union City, and at that time um, I don't think either of us made it into the rotation quite yet, and we're, you know, the JV game was over or whatever, and we're sitting there and we're watching the varsity game, and, and Ashley Orris starts lighting it up. And I, the whole time we're like, we're like he, he, there's no way he's going he's, he's, to, he's, he didn't just take that shot. Was this the game where he scored 49 points yes, on us? Yes, yes, yeah, he scored Ashley. 49. And literally, I remember at the end of the game, we're both looking at each other like, what do you think he had? And we're, I'm like, I'm, you know, you looked at me, you're like, I bet you he had 25. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet you he had 20, maybe, maybe 27. And then we saw the box score. <laughs> we're off by 20, 20 almost 25 yeah. points he was literally pulling up from just across half court yes yes he was and he was he was hitting everything he was in everything and he shot a million free throws yes. it was one of those games where you just kind of like feel the the momentum and and the zone and we had had those games, never 49 points worth. No, no, Ashley Little. Ashley was a good player. I mean, Ashley if we had 25, 30 points, we were like, dang, that was a heck of a game. But <laughs> yeah. 49 points in a high school right. game. Right, And other than free throws, that was the closest that he ever came to the basket when he was shooting because he was shooting 30, 35 footers and just draining them <laughs> yeah. on us. he hit a lot of threes. That, that was um, the old gym too, right, where like – in Union City, yeah. The the bench was against like the, the wall. wall. That, there was yes. no bleachers yes. behind us. All the bleachers were on the other side. Yeah. And some of them were like up on an elevated Yeah, it was like a two tier type yes. of thing. Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. No, I never uh yeah, I've never forgotten that. And and mostly the reason I didn't forget it was because our our banter back and forth throughout the entire game. <laughs> I, I really I literally I literally remember it was like color commentary and play by play going on. From the bench. And then by the end of it, I mean, coaches were looking at us because it was almost like, who are you rooting for yeah, here? We because were almost, every time you hit a deep shot, we'd be like, whoa! Yeah, we were almost like fans. We were like, <laughs> yeah, baby! Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I remember about it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Here it is, boys. Sawbones hey. Challenge. Hey. This is number six. So no swearing. You got, some, you got some big paws. Doesn't mean I can play basketball. So, rules are first one to five, we alternate shots. 
Back if we if we come back, but uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, not not me a brick city. Larry Bird style. Before we go into the next section, which yep. is going to be awesome and okay. fun. Um, but by the way, the next section is the seventh inning. No, this was the seventh inning shoe stretch. Uh, it's the Sawbones Challenge. Okay. Which, have you watched any of these episodes? You said. Sadly, listen, man. I'm a, going a, to. He's making excuses. That's I'm a no. not. I haven't. I yeah. haven't. That's okay. So you're completely so next surprised Wednesday, me. I guess that's the one benefit. Perfect. Um, but before we do that. I want to tell just a couple Jim Tui stories. Oh, crap. Yeah, because you got me at the beginning. Okay. So one is... I'll be quiet. So Jim's second son, Nate, and my second son, Santino, are the same age. And for a couple of years, they were classmates. Um, we would coach the MYAA, Mill Creek Youth Athletic Association, rec team, and... You know, it was, this was probably four years ago. And I was like, hey, Jim, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to coach. You, you want to help me? You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you. So we get in there, we're doing some practices and we eventually get into the games and our mutual friend, your business partner, Bill Spiros. Um, it's kind of funny because you work with him and then I see him and, um, you know, he just kind of like would ask me, he's like, so how, how is it coaching with, um, with Jim, I go, yeah, it's good. I was like, he is really, really intense, though. I mean, really intense. Like, to the time where I'm sometimes, like, kind of taking a step back. Not not offended at all. I'm just like, whoa, like, Jim's intense. 
And then um, apparently he told me this later that he asked you like, how is it coaching with Ryan? And you were like, he is really, really intense. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you remember? I I didn't never heard that. But did you say that? I, yeah. You know, my memory. I, I I don't know if I would have said intent because like you weren't like yelling at kids if that could be construed that way, uh, but you 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 brought like, um, you know you weren't Mister Passive Dad, so would no, I have used the word yeah. intense? I don't know, but I would have said Ryan. He brings it, man. I I, I would say intense is fairly accurate. Just uh, like I almost got. I wouldn't say thrown out of a game last year because I was coaching. Well, but not, I, I'd say that those kids were little. I think we were pretty stinking positive with them. Yeah, we just brought but, a lot of energy. But but as it gets a little older, right, and you get a little, into, you get your competitive juices flowing. Sure. And it's not like, hey, my kid's the best or anything like that. But, um, and I hate to bring it about the refs, but like something happens and, and you're just like, what? We're a human. Yeah. And, no, and, but I, I actually, if you would, it's kind of funny to hear that because if you just walked in and say, hey, how did you and Ryan work as a, as a coaching group that year? And I mean, we still, we know each other even a lot better now than we did then. Um, but nonetheless, I, I have good vibes for it, but you're right. Like, I feel like at first I was like, oh, Ryan really brings it. And you probably then in my own way, because I'm, I'm full of getting after it when I'm out there. And so, yeah, that's funny to hear that. that well, and then we coached flag football together too. And that, that was oh, a lot sure. of fun too. Heck yeah. But um, so that's funny story number one, but the second one. So we're coaching. I think this is the second year that we coached together. I thought this is what you were going to tell. Yeah, <laughs> we're going there. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're coaching and we're practicing at Sinai Grace because I think uh, this was after the contract with like Old Family First, Erie Sports Park, whatever it was at that time. Uh, so all the games were at Sinai yep. and, and we're practicing and we had this one kid. I'm not going to obviously say last names, uh, but his, his name was Gianni and um, wonderful uh, co- little fellow, w- wonderful kid. <laughs> he he was, he was a bigger, taller kid. Um, and I mean, he had an awesome rat tail, just like, just, yes, he did. Um, it wasn't really a mullet, but it was more of like a really long rat tail. <laughs> and so Gianni, we're going through, I think it was like layup lines or something like that. And, and we're like trying to teach the kids like, okay, right side, you're going to go up for the layup. The guy from the left is going to get the rebound. You're going to go on the outside. So you don't cut in front of the guys coming in for the layup. And the same thing when you're going to the rebounding line and, um, G- Gianni just was not getting the drill at all. And coach Tui was like, I got to get his attention. So he's like, Luigi, Luigi. And everybody's looking around like, who the hell is Luigi? And Gianni's even looking around. And and then he goes, he's just a, frankly ignoring Coach Dewey, but it's because he didn't know that his name was Luigi because it wasn't. It was Gianni. And Jim just kept going. I felt, I feel, Luigi. And he was getting angry that the kid wasn't responding to him. And so I'm like, Jim, Jim, I'm like, who are you calling Luigi? He's like, Luigi. He's pointing at him. I'm like, that is not Luigi. I was like, his name's Gianni. You were laughing your butt off when you told me that. You were like, his name's Gianni, you dork. Oh, yes. So, yes. God bless Gianni. I did do that. And it wasn't my (laughs) proudest moment. 
but yet we've had some laughter over Oh that. gosh, there's so many <laughs> more. I could tell the football story. That was like that's for a different day. Oh, but Luigi. Do, do you have any funny stories you'd like to share before we go into the sawbones? challenge oh man ryan i didn't know i was supposed to come up with a funny one oh, for you i, I can keep I telling mean, them about you if you want i to. <laughs> i won't i was gonna try to give you an opportunity many of them involved oh censored yeah would connie mall is watching this yeah no i'll 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 pass um i appreciate you we have funny moments we do um, Vito. as any friendship should yeah there, there's certain things that are in the vault right mm-hmm so was it was I bad to bring the Luigi one out? No, that, I mean that was I mean that was a it wasn't it was intentional. Yeah, it was just my total. I, I will I will admit one of the things um, my brain doesn't do so well of late is remember names. Um, oh, I'm horrible with names. So yeah, there's there, there's no surprise, and the fact that like I mixed two names <laughs> of like intense Italian like descent yeah. if you will it's we all do that right we 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 we, we you know, type uh, uh, we'll create a typecast on somebody yeah and then subconsciously i mean that was I'm part like, of the brilliance if i was yelling mark I'm like does he have a does he have a mustache right. is it mario luigi what's going on i mean on? if i was yelling mark that wouldn't have been funny you know yeah no about, i'm so about, glad you picked I luigi mean, oh something about <laughs> you know I johnny luigi the end of the night you know i the funny thing is that i just other than mario brothers i don't i've i've heard of luigi's but i've never met a luigi so <laughs> that the fact that you picked that <laughs> italian name i don't know a luigi so i can't say that like last the night before i was hanging out with a luigi um no not a great moment but a funny one and it was innocent so that's good it stands Tell me all about it, Doc.